day. And I, I felt rotten. I, it wasn't a COVID kind of thing. It wasn't physical. It was really, I was filled with fear, uh, fear of some things in the future. I'd been wrestling with a number of issues and they all seemed just way too big for me to handle. I felt so inadequate. And I went down to my porch office and I got a cup of coffee like I would normally do and my Bible and my journal and I opened my journal and the Bible and and, and I began to write and and I normally will just start with um, good morning Lord Jesus and and then I'll I'll start to write and and I began to write and kind of address some of those fears. I stopped and I thought about Jesus and and I just thought about how adequate he was to face um, so many things. And so I, I began to write, and I just said, I trust you, Jesus. And then I wrote, I am inadequate. And I I felt the Holy Spirit um, just stop me, like this red flag check. And, and I don't hear like an audible voice. I just, in my mind, he impresses upon me, and I just heard this no. And, and I realized what I just wrote wasn't true to who I am in Christ, my identity. And I... And I I looked at that, I'm inadequate, and, and the no, as I listened, I, I began to write, I feel inadequate. So I rewrote those words. Because in Christ, my identity as his child, called to the things I'm called to, uh, I am completely adequate with him with me. He has outfitted me to do the things he wants me to do. He has given me the ability to get from here to there. And it's not about me. It's mere about trusting him. And that's what I want to try and communicate as you think about whatever it might be for you, getting from here to there, whatever here is now, and whatever there is in the future, God will get you there. This is what Moses and the children of Israel were wrestling with themselves. They had been freed from slavery. God had made a way through the sea. He was changing their sense of identity. They were no longer victims, but they were now his children, sons and daughters, chosen ones, called to serve him with a destiny. And he was going to bring them to a land. So he brings them to Mount Sinai. He reveals himself in this remarkable way. And says he is the, the king. If you thought Egypt was, was powerful and, and Pharaoh was a glorious, wonderful being in that sense, God, how much greater is he? And so he revealed himself. He gave the law there at Sinai. And now they're getting ready to go to the land he had promised them. And, and this wasn't a promise just of the last few months or a couple of years. This was a 400-year promise to a man called Abraham. Now, you have to understand, they were probably filled with fear as they began to contemplate getting to the promised land. And if you know the stories of the Bible, you'll know when they got there, they were completely filled with fear when they began to explore it. But they were filled with fear more than likely or beginning to feel that as they moved to this next leg of the journey because Egypt um, prized that land and they had not been able to conquer it. They hadn't been able to conquer the Philistines. They hadn't been conquer, able to conquer the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, and all the different ites. Uh, that land that God was giving to Israel was prime real estate. 
And the reason it was prime real estate is because it was the highway from Egypt to the north and to east. It was the highway between major areas of power. And owning that land was important. And God was saying to them, I'm going to give this to you. But Egypt had never been able to conquer it. And now they're going to go in this land and they're called to conquer it. And so when we turn to Exodus chapter 23 and these verses 22, verse 33, God is speaking to their fear. He has just called them. They've all said they'll be loyal to him. And now he's going to give them a number of promises. Uh, This passage is full of promises of how to get from here, that Mount Sinai, to there, the land. And so as we kind of look at this passage of scripture, um, I just want to kind of share with you, these are what I call pathway promises, promises to live by as you walk with God each day. And so like the children of Israel, God has called you to dwell in the promise of his blessing. You're going to wake up with fear. You're going to find times you're going against something and you're going to feel fear. You're going to be here and God's going to say, I'll take you there. And there will be fear in the middle of it. But God has not called you to live in the fear. He's called you to trust his promises. And so in this passage, he gives some promises and we'll look at some of those. Let's pray. Lord, uh, open our hearts and speak to us uh, through these promises. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know what here to there means to you. It could be a work situation. It could be a project that you have at work. It could be a relationship struggle. It could be the loneliness you're feeling because you want a relationship done. It could be uh, forgiveness that you need in a situation. Uh, here to there might be a character issue. Uh, dealing with outbursts of anger or getting a grip on lust or the control of of how greed um, uh, just is like gravitates um, things uh, with regard to what you want. Um, whatever here to there is, uh, God promises to get you to the place he's prepared. And he, so let's look at the first promise. God promises to personally go with you. And if you look at verses 20 to 23, he, he says, I'm sending, and he, he lists these things, an angel ahead of you. He says, pay attention to him and listen to what he says. And don't rebel against him. My name is in him. And if you listen to what he says and do all that I say, um, I'll be an enemy uh, to your enemies and oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you. This is a promise uh, of God's presence. And the word angel is incredibly important here. It's this idea that um, the pre-incarnate, in in scripture, and I I don't have time to go through all this, but you can look at um, some scriptures, Genesis 16, 7, uh, 22, 11, are, are times when the angel of the Lord comes, or this angel comes, who is is Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, and basically, God is saying, I will personally go with you through these statements. Uh, he, he intertwines this fact that he is in this angel. So verse 21, pay attention to him and listen to what he says. If you think about the ascension, Jesus is transformed. And while he's just, you know, it's like a rail set, like he's being turned on and he's glowing in such a degree that they fall before him. They, he's just brighter than they can handle this energy. Um, it says that a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. And then it says, listen to him. So idea of pay attention to him. Same exact kind of idea here. Verse 21 says, my name is in him. To say my name is in him means that God's very character and attributes are in him. It's virtually a synonym for God's um, 
effective presence. It's me in him who is with you, says God. And then if you look at verse 22, uh, there's just a subtle change. If you, if, you, if you watch it, it says, he says and do what I say. So it's this idea that what he says is what I say, one and the same. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say. And here's the point. God himself is promising his personal presence. Jesus, when he left, said to his disciples, I won't be with you, but I will send you the Holy Spirit. So as you trust in Jesus, as you walk this path, God is with you. He doesn't send um, a, 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 a kind of like a rookie to go with you. He didn't, he didn't send some lower angel. He, he himself went with them. Have you ever had these experiences where some of you in a work situation, you're meeting with a consultant and you're going to hire this consultant and this guy that comes, he's the founder, he's incredible, he's just strategic, everything. And then when, when you go to um, work with them, they send someone else. And they send someone maybe, uh, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but inexperienced just out of college let's say god is saying i'm not just sending someone in one of my um my other uh consultants that's not as i myself will walk with you and give you wisdom and guide you in this process which leads to the second promise which is um the promise of god to protect you he says see i'm sending an angel ahead of you guarding you along the way you know, even with this coronavirus, God doesn't want us to live in fear because Jesus is with you. His Holy Spirit is with you. It doesn't mean that you are to live carelessly, though, uh, but to live wise and follow his guidelines and not to put the Lord to the test. And I don't know whether face masks are the, the latest rage are going to make the difference but I do know that the authorities who have worked with this are asking us to do this. And so it's probably wise, you know, as we're in church together, we're wearing face masks and we're not singing. Um, all I know is um, it, it. one thing I just want to say to us as believers, uh, wherever you may be at, it is not that big of a deal for us to sacrifice some of our rights for the potential health and safety of others. And you may, after it's all over, be right and say this was all, some of the stuff wasn't maybe necessary. But you know what? As we walk through it, let's be wise. And, and I think all I would say in this is that God's promise of protection is that he says he's going to walk with you. But he also causes, tells us, you know, he says if you've got a project, put your time into it and, and do what you need to do. Or if it's a relationship struggle, and don't just pray. You, you may have to say, i got to get some counseling. Do those things that are wise, and God will protect you. He'll go with you. The Apostle Paul encourages us to listen to those in authority um, if it doesn't defy God. But he says also live wisely and circumspectly. And then if you live that way with your conscience clear, you can live without fear because it's God's job to protect you. And, and the next promise, the promise is that God promises to go ahead of you. I think this idea of God... Um, going ahead of us is incredibly important in this passage. It's important, I think, even in our own lives to truly be aware of this. Verse 20, he says this four times. Verse 20, see, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you on the way, to bring you there. Verse 22, my angel will go ahead of you and he'll bring you into the land. Um, and, and then verse 27, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw them into confusion. 
Um, verse 28, I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out these, these ites out of your way. It's like God is sending an advanced team before they've even taken their first step. So here he's giving this message to them. They haven't even started to move in that direction. They haven't even begun to take those steps and think about it for yourself. Your own situation. Uh, let yourself, maybe you're in that place and you feel that fear. Or when you're in that place and you feel that fear. Remember this promise. And not only God's going to protect you and is he personally with you, but he's actually gone ahead of you. He even knew before you faced that fear. He's there. He's working things out on your behalf. All he's asking you to do is to trust him and take the next step. God's basically saying, rest, relax, just trust and obey. And in your obedience... I will show up with power. I will bring you to that place that I want to bring you. And I got to share with you, it's not, it's not always easy. Um, that's why God gives us these promises. Uh, what he is seeking to do is to build in us character. Our job is just to trust him. That's why in verse um, 24 and 26 of this passage, there's this list of, it's kind of a parenthetical paragraph. It's in the midst of these promises where he says, do not bow down before other gods or worship them or follow their practices. Follow me with your whole heart. Worship the Lord your God. It's the first parts of those commandments. He says, if you do that, uh, you can be guaranteed that I am working, I'm going ahead of you. Uh, I sent the advance team for you in the situation you're facing right now. God's already there. He's preparing it. I think about that idea of he's preparing that place. He says he's getting it prepared. I think of Jesus um, in his final um, day, looking at his disciples, he says, um, I'm going away, and if I go, I will, I'm preparing a place for you. Just know this. If you're doubting God's ability to save you and what he did through Jesus, and you're saying, but my sin, listen to this. God has sent Jesus to take your sin. And not only that, he prepared a place, a home, so you could be at home in God's heart forever. You will be a part of the new heaven and earth, not because of you, but because of the advanced team of Jesus and what he has done for you. Trust that. You will experience God's favor as you trust in that way, because God is doing something in you. He's creating his character, which is the next next promise. God promises to get you there. He says, bit by bit. He says, I will not drive them out in a single year because the land will become desolate and the wild animals, they just take it over. Uh, he says, I'll do it little by little. I'll drive them out before you. And I have to share with you, I don't like this verse. Um, I want everything now. I mean, weight is not a real, um, impo- it's, uh, it's not a word I like. You know, wait on the Lord. This whole idea of, 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 of waiting and watching and praying, I just want, I mean, God, do it now. But I think this is interesting. Um, you know, this stuff um, about enjoy the journey and smell the flowers and live in the moment and be in the here and the now. God, he's really kind of into that. He, he says, you know what? Don't miss the present. Be in it. 
sometimes what we do is we um, we we have you know this uh, this this uh, idea where um, as we start looking in the future and we get our our minds wrapped up in there, we either get filled with fear or we start living in that place and we miss the reality of the things around us. Honestly, um, when I do uh, look at this verse and and think about it, I really do love this verse and its implications. This idea of little by little or bit by bit, moment by moment, God promises to get us where he wants us to be. There's a reason God goes slowly. Uh, my paraphrase, and my paraphrase on this is, he's saying, I won't do this right away, but over time, you're not ready yet to possess what your heart desires. You haven't grown enough to handle what I, I'm about to give you. I have character work to do in you. And before you can get from here to there, I have to get the there in you so that you can handle it when you get there. I think about it this way. A car that's built to go 40 miles an hour, if you try and go 80 to 120, it's going to begin to rattle and convulse and shake, and it'll, be, it'll tear apart. It doesn't have the character to hold what it might want to get to. And there's the same way that in many ways God is looking at the children of Israel and saying, you know what, guys, you're not ready yet. There's things I got to do in you. And so I want you to move into it, but I'm going to do it little by little. I'm going to use this time to grow you into a place, not just in numbers, but in in character to take over what I'm calling you to take over. Um, One of the reasons um, I both love and hate preaching is this. God seems to make me a primary illustration. So I was praying and considering on Wednesday morning as I was writing this, how I might illustrate this. And by Thursday morning, um, God answered my prayer. But it all really started back on Monday morning. So let me share with you about that. On Monday morning, as I was walking with my wife, Grace, I shared with her how important it is for um, my growth in Jesus, and I think all of ours, but my growth in Jesus specifically, uh, and in the growth in my own character, for me to become much more vulnerable and humble. And that's not easy for me to do because I would rather have people really think well of me and have this impression and um, approval is, is something that I, that I desire. And I asked Grace um, to pray about that with me as we were walking. And so we kind of got done with that and went on to something else. But um, I just have to share with you just kind of like a little warning here, sharing a story. Don't pray for something unless you really want it. Uh, especially around character issues. God loves to answer prayer around building us to be like Jesus. Um, I think he, he likes to answer prayers out there of things he wants to do or we want, whatever. But when you start saying, God, I want to be more like Jesus and I really want the character of Jesus, which I think when the character of Jesus begins to start taking place, the other stuff start taking care of himself in many ways. And if they don't, they, God gives you the grace and the ability to handle it. But Jesus knows it's little by little, bit by bit, that we get from here to there. So I'm, I'm, I'm on um, Monday praying that. And on Wednesday morning, I'm truly excited. I've asked um, people to pray because I'm going to be starting this podcast. Uh, Sarah um, Galligan and Cy Lang and, and Mike Brinkman have been working since November to, to begin a, 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 w, a, 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 is that a free podcast uh, that I'm going to be doing called Conversations. And I was really excited about this. I, I'm putting this one together. The first has a series of three or four, which is um, let's talk about racism. And I, I want to handle those issues that we sometimes can't get to the pulpit 
and deal with them in a way that um, that gives some biblical perspective or some understanding around that. And so we're getting all set to launch, and, and, and I'm excited about it. I had lined up Dr. Rob Vischer for Wednesday afternoon. He's the dean of the law. Uh, at St. Thomas University. He's a Harvard Law grad, really bright guy. He spoke back in our church back in November. He spoke at our church, and some of you remember um, his sharing. He spoke a little bit about racism that at, uh, at that Sunday. Anyway, um, Rob called in, and we had this incredible conversation about racism and critical theory and justice. And and it, it, we went about an hour, and I knew we'd probably edit some, but I, I thanked him as we got done, and he hung up, and as he hung up, and I hit the end button, I realized I failed to hit record. And I literally fell on my knees on the floor and bellowed, no, three times, no, why? Oh, why? And then, uh, you know, out of my lips, why, God? As, as if God was somehow responsible for my human error. Anyway, I was so embarrassed. I mean, so humbled. Um, it had actually had been what I'd been praying for. And so at 8.30 that evening, after about four hours, I had a dinner that I had to be in. About four hours later, I, I, I um, humbly and vulnerably sat down and sent Rob, an email. And uh, I have to share with you, I wanted to, um, you know, it's one of those times where you just don't, I wanted to say, well, I, I wanted to say it was a technical issue or this. Or I just said, no, God, I, I just get to be stupid looking. I'm going to play, I'm, I'm going to be real vulnerable. So I wrote him, I said, thanks for taking time to record the podcast this afternoon. And I'm quite embarrassed to share this, but I blew it and failed to hit the record prior to beginning our conversation. So here's the request. And, and I said, would you be willing to record, re-record the conversation? And told him, I said, you've already been generous enough with your time. Um, if that doesn't work, that I, I get it. And about a half hour, he responded. He said, you idiot. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> Just kidding. Those are really my thoughts. that had been going into my head for the last four hours. But here's what he wrote me. He said, ah, the joys of technology. No worries whatsoever. The other day, I inadvertently recorded on Zoom a meeting uh, which was not to be recorded. And he said, we'll consider today the dress rehearsal and then gave me some times. There are a couple things that was just so powerful for me. Uh, when I was vulnerable, just showed up. It was in that showing up that God brought some incredible healing in my heart. But the other thing that I, I want you to, to think about, and I say this again, be really careful for what you pray for, especially when you pray for things like patience or, or generosity or, or teach me humility. Because God is all too happy to help you and me become like Jesus because he knows that that character, which was formed little by little, will be reformed in Jesus as you trust him and you obey him little by little in humble and vulnerable ways as you walk with him, as you face that fear, as you step into that, he begins to build your character and he builds your trust in him. And he uses people like Rob to bring healing into my heart. He uses others to to come around you. You see, our character is formed little by little and he, he reforms us into the character of Christ so that we can dwell in blessing.
so that we can be people that when we come across difficult times, we'll have peace. And, and when we experience hatred or abuse, uh, we know how to put up um, boundaries, and yet we can also know how to forgive and love. We'll be the kind of people that when things aren't going our way and, and, and we're not feeling happy, we can have joy. Because God has built the character of Jesus in us who, in the times of suffering, was able to count it joy. Right now you may be right where God wants you so that he can form in you what is necessary to get you from here to there. And the last thing I want to share with you is that uh, this promise God it promises to make it happen. In other words, um, don't forget this. You're not in the room um, where it happens. God is in the room where it happens. God is in heaven on his heavenly throne. He lives in this realm of the spirit. It is in the spirit that moves the things in the physical. God is the one as you trust and obey. He makes it happen. What he decrees is and will be. And when God speaks, he creates. Verse 31, he says, I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and then from the desert of Euphrates uh, to the desert to the, uh, to the Euphrates River. I will give into your hands the people who live in the land and you will drive them out before you. It's like saying, if you were to say about the United States, he said, I will um, give you from Mexico to Canada and from New York to California. That's the, kind of the, he's kind of just throwing up the boundaries. So that's yours. This land I told you about 400 years ago, it's yours. I'm going to make it happen. In verse 32 through 33, though, he, he kind of ends it with this little reminder, but don't make any deals with the people there. Don't compromise. Don't hedge your bets. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't, um, don't make am, the ambition your, uh, of, of, of your career or your life. Don't do those things. Trust God. Put your trust 100% in me, he says. I will make it happen. Remember Exodus chapter 14, 13 through 14. He says in those verses, don't be afraid. Don't live in fear. He, he didn't call, he's not calling you right now to live in fear. He will call you to acknowledge it, to feel it, to face it. But then he says, stand firm. Hold on to Jesus. Trust him. And you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Because God is the one who makes it happen. So follow him with your whole heart and watch and see. He says, I will drive them out. I will clear the way. I will put things in place. I will personally go ahead of you. I will protect you. I will go before you. I will bring you from here to there, little by little. And I will make it happen. Believe in me and walk with me. And you will see. God says to you, if you're looking for a better land, it's not a physical thing. It's a relationship with the God of the universe. Your heart will only find its home when it is with God. Psalm 105, verses 8 through 15. But it says, for though a thousand generations may pass away, he is still true to his word. He has kept every promise. Just He has kept every promise. As you go, these pathway promises are for you. He has kept every promise he made to Abraham and to Isaac. His promises have become an everlasting covenant, a, a, 
a contract that he's made with Jacob as a decree to Jacob. And he said to him, I will give you all the land of Canaan as your inheritance. They were very few in number when God gave them that promise and they were all foreigners to that land. They were immigrants. And they were wandering from one land to another and from one kingdom to another, says the psalmist. Yet God would not permit anyone to touch them, punishing even kings who came against them. And he said to them, don't you dare lay a hand on my anointed ones. You don't do a thing to my prophets. God will get you from here to there. Place your trust in Jesus. Follow him. He will lead you to exactly where he wants you to be. And in the process, he will build your character. He will make sure that you will be protected. I just want to share with you, if you've never done this, if if you have never repented and confessed of your sin, and you're feeling this weight of your sin, God is here for you right now. He forgives you. His promise is in Jesus that he has paid the price of your sin so that you can live now with a clean conscience before him. And all he wants you to do is to trust him and place your sin on Jesus and your life and your hope on him. And he will get you from here to there. He will move you into the place where you will begin to experience his blessing if you just open your heart to him. For a thousand generations may pass away, yet God, he will be true to his word for you and the generations that trust and follow you. That's a promise. Please stand with us as we.